It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary three by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 801 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, October the 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And please make sure you're also following at Locked On Raptors. Over there, you can find links to every single episode of the podcast, as well as some fun graphics, videos, things like that, that we're trying to turn out over there as well. As uh, I start doing more than the bare minimum on social media. Uh, it's the least I can do, I think, probably. I guess it's not the least I could do. What I was doing before is the least I could do. This is slightly above the least I can do. Uh, Either way, at Lockdown Raptors, go give it a follow. Uh, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need over at rockauto.com. More on them a little bit later on in the program. All right. On today's show, we are continuing our series of 2019-20 Raptors player reviews, and we're getting near the end of the roster now. Not a ton of guys left to talk about, but we do have a couple big names left, and one of those big names is OG and Anobi, a favorite of many, and a guy who just had a kick-ass playoff run to cap off uh, a very good season of development after kind of a lost year, both personally and physically, in his second season in the NBA. And uh, it's very exciting. So we're going to dive into OG's season, the season that was, and then look ahead to next season and where he might slot in in the Raptors hierarchy. And then we're going to close things out. we got a, f- a few really good listener questions. But I think we might just go rapid fire because they're all kind of rapid fiery type questions and they're all quite good. So we'll get to those in the final part of the show as we do on these review episodes. And joining me to talk about OG Ananobi and all of his wonder is our favorite Katie Heindel. Katie, how's it going? Hi, man. I'm good. I feel like uh, I've gotten two steals um, that I feel really surprised I have. Larry and now OG. 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, people just want the the niche guys, man. Vivek really loves talking about Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. What can we say? Loves talking about Matt Thomas. <laughs> He's, I mean, he got Fred this week, so uh, oh, he got good. some of the, the mainstream guys. He's not totally a hipster, but no, you've, uh, you've got some gems. And yeah. uh, I'm glad you have uh, selected <laughs> Kyle and OG, because Kyle and OG, I think, are, uh, I don't know, if this is fair to say, like... Katie ass players to talk about. Does that I make think sense? So. Like they just, yeah, yeah, I think they so. kind of line up with your sensibilities. <laughs> so um, let's dive into it. OG Ananobi, his third season in the NBA, averaged ten point six points a game, five point three boards, one point six assists, one point four steals, zero point seven blocks. Shot thirty nine percent from three on three point three attempts a night. Overall, shot just north of fifty percent on the season. Free throws bounce back after a weird 2018-19 uh, as well to 70%. A 50, nearly 40, 70 shooting season for OG Ananobi. And he was ridiculous on the defensive end of the floor. Probably was the best case the Raptors had for an all-defense player at a loaded position, granted. So maybe he was a little bit lower down the hierarchy in votes uh, compared to Kyle Lowry, for example, who was just off the ballot for the guard spots. But OG is, I think, the best defender on the Raptors. He's amazing. One-on-one uh, -on -one defense, team defense, all of it. He's a monster, and it's very fun to watch. And in the playoffs, he was outstanding. He kind of took it to a new level. He, it, kind of like in his first season, really just kind of showed he's a dude who doesn't really care and is not phased by the moment and is an excellent, excellent player performer in the playoffs this season over the course of 11 games 10.5 points seven boards 1.2 assists shot 41 percent from three and as i mentioned his defense was absurd he also averaged a full block in a full steal game uh katie this was a fun season for og what was your sort of thing that you're thinking about from og's third season in the nba most now that we have a few weeks of distance yeah i think it was mostly his overall improvement and not just incrementally you know like he went from i think last season he's played something like 67 games and this season he played 69 so it wasn't like even that much of a differential but it's like points shot up to like just like over 10 like an average of like 10 per game his like assists went up like everything everything went up his rebounding went up so he's just like i feel like he's such a presence now both ends because of like his kind of his length and his stealth mm -hmm. i think which i've written about before but i really do feel like that's such a unique characteristic for him um and for like a player on the raptors roster he's just like it wasn't i would have been happy with like yeah like i said maybe more incremental um improvements but he just kind of shot up right like and i think the thing is it's like not surprising it's just on track with what we sort of anticipated he would look like given a fair shake at like a full and uninterrupted season. Granted, this season did become interrupted in the end, but I think he really made the most of it. He showed up like when the team needed him the most. He was so consistent um, throughout the regular season, like season, you know, we've talked about so many, like marred by injuries, you know, um, and then like in the playoffs, I mean, in the bubble, just like basically being, I still can't get over, probably my favorite thing in the bubble was just like in that first game back against the Lakers, how easily he seemed to be able to rattle LeBron and Anthony Davis mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and I thought that was just like very intriguing like very very interesting to me just because those two seem unrattleable and also like bullies um but he could just sort of like pop up and pester them and 
and they weren't really looking for him at that point. They started to definitely after that game, but and so did everybody. But I think just his performance there to just show like, yeah, he's he's like really unflappable. He's not really scared of anybody. He's so calm and cool on the floor, like wherever he is. And he's just got such a knack for like, it's not pest. It's not like being a pest with him, but like where he can kind of come over and pop up and like tip the ball away or just like intercept. It's more like, it's so fluid, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, there. it's like, there, it's very graceful um, is maybe I think the right word for it. So I think just, and of course, like the shot that he got off in the playoffs, um, in that Boston game, like we'll probably talk about that later, but yeah, I think just like, I'm so excited to see if this is what he looked like this season, what is going to like, what he's going to look like next season. Yeah. I think it was, you know, I was a little bit unsure as to what to expect in terms of how much growth he was going to show this season, because I think it's fair after a season that was so interrupted where there was some growth, but there was some sort of drawbacks and, you know, things that he didn't do quite as well in his second season, understandably in a much more depressed role, considering Kawhi Leonard was in front of him, um, mm-hmm. you know, after all of the excitement of his rookie year where he started 62 games and he was this defensive menace and he was, you know, the Raptors probably second or third best player in the playoffs as well. You know, it was it was really encouraging thinking about what he could be after that first season and the second season kind of I don't want to say dampen the the anticipation but I think kind of tempered expectations a tad and maybe you know the comparisons to Kawhi Leonard and stuff like that calm down a little bit after seeing him next to the actual Kawhi Leonard and saying oh yeah he's quite a far ways away from that and I don't think he's necessarily ever going to be Kawhi Leonard because who is that's an impossible bar to reach but I think over the course of this season he sort of transformed in my mind from being a guy who I think sort of profiled as a perfect role player, like the perfect perfect fifth player in a lineup in a championship team type thing, to a guy who I think can be a lot more than that, a guy you can kind of dream on a little bit. And I don't think I expected that coming in, but it just be kind of it became kind of unavoidable over the course of the season, the little daydreams of what he could be as he you know, slid down to center and defended the shit out of Nikola Jokic in Denver in the same week that he had back-to-back games of six and seven steals. And then you see him in the playoffs and how calm and collected he was and hitting that game-winning three and walking off like it was nothing in game three against Boston. I mean, all of it is just so intriguing. And you forget, at least I forget, I'm sure some people also forget, he's 22 freaking years old. He's so young. He's still so, like, new to this. And when you think about his college career as well, it was cut short by injury. He didn't really get a lot of run at Indiana, and he comes in to the NBA, and it's just like trial by fire. All right, you're a starter now. Have fun. And then he has that sort of, you know, developmental lapse, I guess, in year two, you know, through no fault of his own or anything like that. It's just, it's really amazing that he was able to kind of put things together into a package this season that really, really feels tantalizing going forward. And I mean, even if he is just what he was this season, like that's an excellent player to have on your team. That is a guy who can be the fourth or fifth best player in a five-man lineup that can be on the floor in crunch time of a finals game. Like there's no question about that. He is that player already and there's still so much more room to grow and I mean, I'm just thinking about his defense. Most Like, the offense is nice. The defense is just transcendent. And, you know, you mentioned how he kind of, like, pops up and stuff. I actually, because I have a dumb Raptors brain and I'm weird, last night I was playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. Wonderful game. It's great. Shout out to Link, friend of the program. Um, the, there's a boss in that game called the Thunderblight Ganon. He's like, a, he's like this monster who, like, 
he like disappears and like moves very fast and then just like pops up in front of you and tries to kill you. It kind of that's what OG feels like on defense, where it's like, oh, he just went from there to there. He popped up and he tried to kill that guy and then stole the ball and went the other way for a dunk. Like, sorry for the dumb esoteric reference that maybe not everybody gets, but that's kind of. I literally thought of OG Ananobi while I was fighting this stupid boss last night. <laughs> and maybe it's because I knew I was talking about OG soon, soon on the podcast and it was top of mind, but it's uh, it was weird. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm weird. I, I just... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, I think, carry on. Yeah, I think the, like, the... I'd like to go back to what you said just about that kind of, like, daydreamy quality. I think, like, overall, that's a thing that's so exciting about the Raptors is when you look ahead to next season and you think about um i mean hopefully they do secure fred but with players like pascal fred and og as like the ostensible new cent like core um of the team that are gonna like grow it in a completely new direction while still using the kind of tenants i think that like lowry and DeRozan of like raptors basketball you know uh it there is like a really kind of dreamy aspirational quality to the way that those guys play and especially og because i think you know, Pascal, you sort of saw like the, the meteoric like highs and plateaus and highs again. But OG's kind of on this quieter, like steady state of improvement. Um, and I think it's not that the team's not like banking on him, but because he's not like the focal point in the way I think that like Pascal is, it feels like he's got a little bit more room to explore mm -hmm. and grow his role, which I think is one of the most maybe like transcendental things about his game is because when you look at this idea, whether you believe it's a true thing that the NBA can move towards, or again, is like more of an aspirational thing, but this like positionless uh, era of play, OG is one of maybe like five guys currently in the league, I would say that are true, like truly could be like true positionless players just because mm -hmm. of like, you know, he's got the in the basketball IQ, I think, of like a playmaker. He's got the length and the reach and the size of like a big, but he's so stealthy, like airy and light um, that he can kind of like buzz out on the wings and just like, again, like we're talking about his defense, just being able to pop up like wherever he needs to be. I just find that so interesting because I also think if this is something that is going to be turned from trend into actualization, players like OG are going to be in so much higher demand because it's also like they're so rare. Like you can't even mm -hmm. scout for the things that he has really, right? It's just like you've got the whole package and then he's been able to develop within Toronto's system quite well with the players around him and learn from guys like Lowry uh, as much as like bigs like Serge um, how to be versatile and like how to always add small improvements to his game. And I think he's just going to keep doing that. So ultimately I think like, you want to talk about ceiling, like, you know, I don't really like talking about ceiling, but I think for him, it's almost like an outward kind of growth rather than just like mm -hmm. a straight shot up. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. And I want to get more into what next season is going to look like for OG, that sort of uh, those aspirational qualities, that dreaminess <laughs> that he's that he uh, possesses and that he sort of allows us all to kind of feel. We're going to get into what next season's OG might look like and how all those qualities might coalesce into an improved player in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about rockauto.com. 
look, OG Ananobi has no time for fools. He's not going to go to a mechanic and say, uh, all right, what's what's wrong with my car? I'll pay whatever it is. He's going to be like, no, that's dumb. I'm going to get something cheaper, uh, I would assume, if he pays for car parts. I don't know. But if you need car parts like OG Ananobi or sometimes I do or whatever it is, rockauto.com is the place to go. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same car parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that it's us that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Katie, so the 2020-2021 season for OG Ananobi, we don't know when it's going to begin, but we do know he will be on the team. We also don't really know what his contract situation is going to be, which is kind of a conversation uh, that we've already had a little bit on the podcast and I find to be not quite as interesting, and so we're going to save that for another day. We have plenty of time to fill here on this daily podcast that is now into off-season mode. So let's just focus on the on-court stuff for OG next season. I, I think... There's a lot of different ways we can go with this. You mentioned the positional versatility. I think we're going to see that sort of expanded upon next year quite a bit. You know, we already saw him play every position from the two to the five this season and was damn good at all of them. Um, I think maybe there was some struggle here and there when he played the four sometimes just because he was kind of in between, unsure of his role. But by the end of the season, we saw in the playoffs, the game that is going to define this Raptors season, game six uh, against the Celtics, OG played the four for like 18 straight minutes and was amazing at it and was crucial to that defense being airtight against that very good Celtics offense. Um, so yeah, let's just, we can start with the defense. We can start with, uh, where you think he will fit sort of in the hierarchy of the team. What interests you about OG's coming up season, his fourth season in the NBA, the last one on his rookie deal, Katie? I think again, just like the, the potential of where he's going to fit. Like he's going to allow, it's weird. Cause I mean, I assume he'll start this season. I don't know why I sounded so trepidatious about that. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I started saying that, I was like, I thought I knew what the roster was going to look like, but I guess there's still some things that need to be said. But like, assuming he's a starter again, which I absolutely think he he should be, um, like, I think the pace, like he improves like the pace of the team immensely. One second. These dogs are 
They're being, such, they're being such psychos today. I don't know why. Okay. We love dogs. Dogs are good. Yeah, they're just, they're being true freaks. Um. Anyway, so I think, yeah, I think like he improves like the, it's weird to say he's going to improve the defense because the defense, I think we saw it be so crushing, but I think Boston, unfortunately, did expose um some of the gaps there and I think a player like OG just again with like his strength and length I think he's able to fill those very adeptly um I think just like the speed he's like such a player who capitalizes on um turnovers and steals and just like he really I don't know he just can't seem to be able to read what's going to happen like a split second before it does um just in like the trajectory of a game so I think just like a lot more I'd love to see the Raptors become a real like fast break (laughs) run and gun kind of team i don't know that they can with the rest of the roster but i think he can i mean they were like the best in the league at it this year in large part because of og yeah yeah but i would love to see that become like definable like you know what i mean like a definable trait more than just Mm -hmm. to us um of the team just because Mm -hmm. of someone like him i i don't know like what i actually would love to see because we haven't really had a chance to see it yet and I don't know that he'll like, you know, he's not going to become like a true playmaker in like the sense of like a Fred or a Lowry, but just like an expansion of his game, maybe on the creative side, um, mm-hmm. just like the freedom to sort of like flex those muscles a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's like too aspirational, but I would like to see something like that because I don't think that's like Pascal's strong suit necessarily. Um Fred's like, we talked about this before, but like Fred's getting there. Uh, but OG just has like a different, like he's got a really kind of like different brain, I think, when the way that he looks at the game. Yeah, he. I think with, with OG, the thing that is interesting is he really understands the game from the perspective of the guy who's benefiting from a great playmaker. Like mm-hmm. he's so good at like cutting baseline at the opportune time. He's so good at finding the the sort of spots to, you know, exploit a mismatch that someone can set him up to exploit. You he obviously he's great at catch and shoot threes and things like that. And I think he's shown enough with his passing and his improving handle, which I think is like the number one skill, as is the case with a lot of guys that you just kind of have to improve if you ever want to really kind of hit that next plane uh, of like elite in the NBA. And, you know, I think all of the sort of understanding of the beats of an offensive possession are there, I think getting him some more run with the ball in his hands to sort of work the other side of that equation, you know, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to read the floor the way the people who find him can read it, right? And obviously, you know, he's not going to be Marcus Gasol. No one's Marcus Gasol. And he's not going to be Kyle <laughs> Lowry. No one's Kyle Lowry. But, you know, I, I think there's an understanding in a high basketball IQ there that can certainly be mined in the playmaking realm a little bit. And, you know, I, I think we saw it a little bit in the playoffs, right? He wasn't afraid to, you know, put it on the deck. And he wasn't afraid to sort of do those sort of probing drives that turn into post-ups just because he's so strong. There's very few people who could actually hang with him in the post. And that's exciting. And I, I would like to see that a little bit more. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we go into next season, he's like the third option on the team. You know, assuming Fred's back, you would assume like Fred and Pascal kind of take on the lion's share of things. And I, I know Kyle's there too as well. But I wonder if maybe we see Kyle kind of take a bit more of a step back as he hits age 35 and wants to kind of reserve himself a little bit for for playoff runs and whatnot. And maybe we see OG kind of rise up and become that sort of go-to, you know, not the first option to create, but when something swings to him, it doesn't just have to be that he's launching up a three. He can run a second side pick and roll. He can, Mm -hmm. you know, improvise a post-up, something like that. And I think we 
we will see that. I mean, I don't see any reason why next season shouldn't be sort of an experimental time with a guy like Goji. It's still a time for figuring out exactly what he is. I'm sure he's going to be eager to. He's got a contract coming up, and I, I don't think for a lot of reasons he's going to get an extension this summer. And, you know, I think he should not want an extension this summer. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but, you know, he is in line to really earn himself a ton of money this season by just kind of being a more prominent part of the offense and I think that also applies to the defense as well and because he like I think we're gonna see him play a ton of center (laughs) I think it's kind of clear that you know as much as Pascal was pretty good at center at times this season I think OG kind of has more of the build to be a five and if you're Mm -hmm. losing Gasol and you're losing a Bach or you're even losing one of them there are going to be some backup minutes to fill in there and maybe they sign someone like a Harry Giles or whatever it might be but maybe they just roll with, uh, hey, Chris Boucher is sort of our go-to sort of traditional shop blocky rim runny type center. And then we kind of throw OG out there when when times are tight or we just want to experiment with it. And I think that's even a way to kind of expand upon his playmaking because how often do you see the Raptors guards see two bodies, uh, a short roll pass comes to the big at the nail, and then that's the time for them to go to work. And I think OG kind of has the tools and, like I've mentioned, the IQ to really kind of take advantage in those situations as well. And that's exciting. I, I just want to see it all, man. I just give OG all of the run in the world next year. It's it's a it's sort of an experimental season. It's not a season where, you know, they're not going to be bad by any means, but I don't think there will be the same sort of lofty expectations that maybe they had built in by the end of this season, considering the losses they're sure to sustain and the East maybe getting a little bit better and, you know, a couple of teams being more desperate to actually be good, like the Bucks with the Sixers or whatever it is. And, you know, on that road, they probably end up winning 50 plus games anyway, because OG will likely be good at all those things. So I, I don't see any downside really in just like, letting him flex his muscles his very very ample muscles and uh and figuring out sort of what his limits are yeah i mean i think to your point like this is the year to get experimental furtherly experimental like that you've got a coach like nurse who has already already sort of seen like up to now like the best and brightest of a player like OG so why not push that a little bit further i mean fred was like joking around in, in like a post game in the bubble just like OG is a like he is a five like five like not just like the way he plays but he's like his build he is like so like you yeah. know he's not he's like a hard player like he's kind of unbackdownable you know and I think it's very interesting to see a player like him again with just like a lot more versatility I guess but the, I don't even know if that's a true thing anymore because like your traditional quote traditional big is so seems so rare in the mm-hmm. league anymore but he, I still think he does represent like a completely new kind of what that could look like and I think it adds up like he could kind of be like a swing because if he's there like the Raptors can play big they can go small but he doesn't really have to move around that much um mm-hmm. so I think that could be super cool I don't know if, if Nurse just wants to get super weird which we've seen him like be more than happy to do this is totally the season to do that uh and then you just like you just throw a ton of stuff at these guys and see what sticks yeah, I think that's uh, that's the way to go for sure. Um, I also think like defensively, there's no reason why he won't take another leap. Like I, I would bet he averages a couple steals and probably north of a block a game, which uh, is kind of rarefied air. And I, I think he probably makes an all defense team. He's that good, and he should have been on there this year. Frankly, mm-hmm. he, he was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you, Katie, quick one here before we get into the listener questions. So, OG, very very good. Pascal Siakam, very, very good. I feel like we're closer to knowing what Pascal is going to be than we are with OG. Mm-hmm. What's If I was to sort of like give you odds 
you know, who is the player that Raptors fans and the Raptors themselves view as like the best player on the team, assuming they don't go and sign Giannis or like, or regardless of whatever superstar they get between Pascal and OG, like, would you be stunned if OG ends up being the better player than Pascal three years from now? No, not really. I mean, this because this mm-hmm. is where it is right now, right? Like, Pascal isn't even where he's, like, purported, like, where the kind of myth around him is, you know what I mean? As, like, the, yeah. the quote, like, yeah. best player on the team. He's not there yet. I mean, and that's totally fine because he needs to have room to get there and something to work towards. And I still think OG mm. is kind of, just given what happened to him last year, like all the disruptions in his season and not getting to play in the finals run, he missed out on a lot of that growth that we saw kind of accelerated Pascal's career, Fred's career, you know, like it, it really put them in a, to a different level of playing. And OG watched that all happen. And I think he obviously more than made up for it, but he is still a little bit behind just given like the minutes that he's gotten, right? Like he's, he was shorted all that time. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a kind of leveling out a naturalization between the two of them this season and then if OG just kind of naturally pulls ahead especially if Nurse starts to look at more creatively all the positions that he can play whereas I think Pascal is not necessarily as comfortable kind of floating Mm -hmm. around like that whereas OG is um I mean they're both versatile in their own ways but I guess I'm always like I guess I always lean more towards these players where there wasn't this kind of like framework put around them from the get-go where it was like this is their ceiling and they're going to be a superstar and like this is how they're going to get there like this is the future of the franchise to players like OG who are more of like dark horse players who not that they're written off it's just like they're less celebrated in that sense and then they end up like excelling beyond where you ever anticipated that they could yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think OG uh, is excellent, and I think the tools are there to be something really special. And either way, a Siakam-OG pairing, uh, an insanely talented four who can score and shoot threes and play monstrous defense, and then an insanely talented Swiss Army Knife who, at the very least, is an all-world defender. That is a damn good place to start in your team-building process. Like Teams like die looking for those types of players like they up they come up they they go through the progressions they fizzle out and then they move on to new players before finding guys of that sort of talent and skill and it's uh it's a really special thing the Raptors got going and neither of them were traded for Kawhi Leonard unbelievable still to this day uh we're going to continue on and take a couple rapid fire listener questions on the other side but first I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar you are ever going to try. They've got a lot of lovely brand new flavors for you. Six to be exact, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, cherry, uh, sorry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are delicious. And they also have a lot of their original flavors. There's 12 original flavors that you can go and check out as well. They've got, oh man, there's just so much. They've got the uh, peanut butter brownie. They've got the banana bread. They've got toffee almond which is the very best in fact i had a peanut butter brownie one just before this podcast because i'm going for a bike ride as soon as we finish recording here and i didn't want to bog myself down with a heavy lunch bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew as well built bar is great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and they're great for keto diets as well and right now until monday built bar has a special offer on right now they have a strawberry bar for a limited release in 
the interest of breast cancer research. It's awesome. You get 12% off your order through October 12th right now when you go to BuiltBar.com. Right now, Built Bar is partnered with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, and Living Beyond Breast Cancer. Built Bar will match your donation to the organizations listed, listed above to $50 per order as well, plus 100% of the proceeds from their Built Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie will go to these organizations to help support breast cancer patients and their families. The Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie looks great, and it's only $19.95, so go to BuiltBar.com right now. Until Monday, you get 12% off your order, and the Strawberry Flavor Built Bar, which looks delicious on the picture I see right now, you can pick it up over at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, let's uh, take a few listener questions on OGN and OB. We got, uh, I think we kind of covered all the big picture stuff, so we just got some fun rapid fires to uh, roll through here. So question number one, this one here comes from James Gleason. How many baseline reverse jams will OGN and Adobe and Adobe do next season? <laughs> That's just like Mark Jackson and Bam Adebato. <laughs> No, no, no. I know how to pronounce the name. I just was conflating OG and weed for some reason. I apologize. Um, how many, how many, wait, how many will he have? Yeah. How many is he going to do next year? 27. Oh, that's low. I'm going 82. Okay. One per game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, can I, I'll change mine. 44. That seems. Still lowballing him. Unbelievable. Just can't believe your, your lack of belief in OG and his favorite form of bucket, the chin well, we up just talked so long we... about how versatile and like different positions he's going to play in. So I'm just that's all I'm spreading it I'm out. I'm just assuming <laughs> I'm assuming he's going to start posting up dudes and then backing them down to the point that he can just go up and do the reverse jam and not the <laughs> baseline nice. cuts. Yeah, um, we did come up with a name for that, I believe, when we were asked to name all the signature move on the Raptors. I can't remember. Oh my god, what the hell we say it was. so much dumb stuff. I don't. It's hard there to keep track. There have been, <laughs> as we did the math yesterday, there are over twenty four thousand minutes of this podcast out there for people to listen Ooh. to for some reason. Jeez, uh, <laughs> and that's conservative because we usually go over the thirty minutes that I estimated for every episode. So um, yeah, there's some stuff that we forgot. But either way. He's going to do a lot of those dunks. He's amazing, and I love them. Uh, the next question here comes from Jay Rosales at Rosalesaurus, our pal from Raptors HQ, and that's a wrap. He asks, OG's two for two in eye-popping playoff season so far. How differently would last season's championship run have gone had OG been available? I mean, it would have looked a lot different. I think he would have had like a lot of splashier moments. I think it, he could have probably like dug them out. I'm only basing this on what we saw this season because I think we got such like, unfortunately, a spotty season from him last year. Um, I think things would have felt less tense. I have a feeling that Warriors game that we both hated, I forget which game that was, wouldn't have gone the way that it did. (laughs) You know, (laughs) just like, yeah, yeah. just like vibe-wise, mood-wise, if OG was out there because he's just like, again, super unflappable, extremely steadying. Man, Mm -hmm. that makes me sad to think about. 
But they would have uh, <laughs> like the size of puddle that Giannis became by the end of the conference finals would have been mm-hmm. increased like threefold. I think, OG yeah, it would. He would have been such a difference maker in that Sixers series. I don't see that have like gone going as many games as it did. You know, if they had him, he would have just Frankly, been like it would a have been unfair all around. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> I mean, maybe they would have been so good. That Kawhi would have said, wow, this team is really good. I'm going to stay. I don't think so. Uh, Let's not go down that road, one. <laughs> but two, I don't think so because I think he wanted to leave, you know? Like, I think he wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. I'm just thinking of the quote where he said that he didn't think the team was good enough to win again. So. He could still look at them, say, next season or like... Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, yeah and right. be like, yeah. oh, wow, these guys have really improved. I'm going back yeah. there. Both Kawhi and Giannis taking half the max each. Yeah, just to be polite. Yeah. Just to play with OG and Pascal, mm-hmm. the true stars of the team. Um, yeah, they would have uh, been ridiculous. And I think probably beat the Sixers in like five and probably beat the Bucks in five and probably beat the Warriors in five. Yeah, they beat every team in five. Or no, they beat. They don't lose game one against the Magic either. So yeah, they probably uh, go like 16 and three with OG. That team was very, very good. Um Shout out to OG. Maybe I'm overestimating. I don't think so. Uh, we go on now to the next question. This comes from uh, our pal Kate at Kate B. Doll. We've seen short shorts OG, tights OG, <laughs> goggles OG, headband OG, and finally one full leg sleeve OG. What on-court trend will OG set for 2021? Yeah, this is tough. He has been like a real trendsetter. I was going to say an extremely long jacket, but that, I don't know if that makes sense for... Scarf OG, like athletic scarf? No, like a long, <laughs> like a trench coat, like trench coat OG, like a light mm-hmm. technical warm-up trench coat, perhaps. <laughs> oh, I was just uh, uh, suggesting K- scarf oh, as an alternative. you know what? Like K-Way, tr- you know, like coat, K-Way yeah. jackets? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a K-Way OG. And then once he's done, he <laughs> takes it off and rolls it up into the pouch. Uh he can just wear that around his, his waist. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he'll, like, um, he likes to wear hoods. I wonder if he could, like, fashion, a, like, a Velcro hood to the back of his jersey, like, to the to the back of the collar that he could just pull up in-game. Um, I guess that's too derivative of Hoodie, of hoodie Mellow, so maybe not. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a yeah. trailblazer. I don't think he would pick up on somebody else's trend. I'm trying to, maybe, like, a shoe thing. I'm trying to think of, like, hmm. Could you, could you see OG? Maybe, like, an adopting, anklet. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, could you see him adopting the full T-shirt under the jersey? Loose or tight? Because I've been waiting for the loose tee to come. Mm-hmm. Back. Yeah, we can go loose. Why not? Isn't that the Jamal Murray look? Yeah, just the the loose tee under. Is it loose? I, I feel that. like they're all skin tight at this point. They're all like, I'm I, keeping my muscles in position, <laughs> kind of tight. I I think. I'm not looking for Jamal Murray jerseys, internet. I'm looking for Jamal Murray uh, shirt, loose shirt t-shirt. and t- and short shorts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I would like that. Um, yeah, Murray doesn't do the undershirt anymore, but there was a time where oh no, we did like the the long sleeve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone's doing the like the loose t-shirt. I'm thinking Kentucky Jamal Murray because he definitely wore the loose T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let me just double check here. Uh, young Jamal Murray. <laughs> yeah, he wore the loose T-shirt in college. That's what it was. Okay. So yeah, I could see that for OG. Bring it back. Just do it. It's the it's the rallying cry of all cool people is wearing the loose T-shirt under a basketball jersey. Mm-hmm. I know from personal experience cool people uh, and slobs everywhere hell yeah <laughs> slobs are cool people all right they're the coolest people he said 
justifying his <laughs> lifestyle. Slop set. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going for a bike ride after this. I know. So, I, know uh, I know. I'm not a slob. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, with that said, it's time for me to go for a bike ride. We've reached the end of the podcast, Katie. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, jumping on. This was a lot of fun. OG's a lot of fun to talk about, and I'm sure we will continue to talk about him a lot going forward because he is quite good. Anything that you would like to plug, Katie? Mm, just the end of the Basketball Feelings Feelings draft. There's three, four feelings Ooh. left to go. I should probably know this. Um, but I just <laughs> drafted, I drafted Dread today and published mm. that. Um I feel like it's quite fitting for this time of year, a very introspective time. But if you you can catch up on all of that at basketballfeelings.substack.com. Um, you can subscribe if you like, uh, and you can catch the end of it because that's always what people do anyway. That's what people do in the yeah. NBA Finals. Like that's that's okay. <laughs> So who, do you have any special guests lined up for the final three? Yeah, I can't tell you, though. But I I'm do just have curious. guests. I wasn't asking you to name them. I was just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's There's, another carrot um, out there. Not that like your writing isn't amazing. The people should read yours you. first and foremost. But Yeah, there's two um, more uh, special guests to draft. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, they're spooky special guests. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks so much, Katie. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. It's much appreciated when you go ahead and do that. You can also um, check out all the other Lockdown podcasts. We got lots of great stuff. Lockdown Heat, Lockdown uh, Lakers, both going strong. Katie, you were on Lockdown Heat this week, correct? I was. I had so much fun. Yeah. I like Lockdown yeah. Heat. I like yeah. pretending to like. I don't know. I feel like I like really like interloping into another um, markets like specialized team podcast. I really enjoy it. Moonlighting. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's wonderful. Uh, you're great over there. Dave's great too. Um, and so go listen to Lockdown Heat ahead of Game Five tomorrow night. Uh, and yeah, I wrote about Kyle Lowry over Raptors HQ. If you haven't read that, go check it out. Kyle's fun to write about, and I had fun doing so. And that is gonna do it. We'll be back again on Friday. Hopefully with a special guest. I'm still sorting that out. But on Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.